Welcome to Midwesternish, where we discuss philosophies of work, culture, and everything in between. This episode's guest is Sarah Beth Burke, PhD. Sarah Beth has pioneered a new concept called career hybridity and recently published the book More Than My Title, The Power of Hybrid Professionals in a Workforce of Experts and Generalists. Through research and a deep understanding of the modern economy, Sarah Beth deconstructs and then rebuilds our notions of what careers can be, while also providing a path forward for those whose value transcends traditional roles. And I do want to say that candidly, this is a deeply personal topic for me, as I've never really felt like I truly fit in with any organization or job. You know, I'm always drawn to do more than my role requires and often have difficulty defining myself through those traditional titles. And all this time, I've been a hybrid professional is what I've realized. Sarah Beth's work has taught me that not only is that a great thing, but that I need to own that identity and advocate for it in order to find fulfillment in my own career. Listen in. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of Midwesternish, where we discuss philosophies of work, culture, and everything in between. Today's guest is Sarah Beth Burke, PhD. And I worked with Sarah Beth years ago, uh, around 2015, in an innovation lab in Denver for Denver Public Schools. And at that time, she was um, really starting her work around hybridity and what it means to be a hybrid professional and recently published her first book about it and uh, really excited to talk with Sarah today. Sarah, thank you for joining. Such a pleasure. Thanks, Alex. That was a great intro. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, I want to talk about Mm -hmm. uh, the concept of hybridity um, and Mm -hmm. being a hybrid professional. What does that mean? Yeah, this is a new term. And so some people are curious and they've heard the word of a hybrid before, but they've never heard of a hybrid professional. And I mean, the basic definition I have is a hybrid professional is a worker who integrates multiple professional identities and works from the intersection of those identities. So the difference is that they're integrating instead of separating their multiple identities. And this, I believe, is a new type of worker and new type of professional in the workforce. And they've just been hidden until now, but they've been around for a while. Yeah, that's that was one of the most interesting parts to me in reading your work about this and listening to you speak about this, because you've also done TED Talks, is that these aren't, uh, this isn't like a new type of professional by any means. It's more so an identity that's recently been uncovered, right? That's my thinking around this. I think a lot of people experience this pain point that they know they are more than their job title. They know they are good or even an expert in many types of work, but they've never known how to put that all together. They've just explained, I do this, I do that. Sometimes this is my side hustle. Sometimes this is part of my full-time job. I wear many hats. And the, the endless idea is that people are frustrating with ha- frustrated by how to describe who they are and what they do. 
So hybrids have been here. We just haven't known the term for them. Mm-hmm. Now, how is a how is a hybrid professional different than a generalist? Yeah, the title of my book is more than my title, The Power of Hybrid Professionals in a Workforce of Experts and Generalists. So mm-hmm. my idea goes like this. There are three types of professionals and they all matter to the workforce. There's experts is one type, people that are kind of generalists or gig workers or freelancers, people that wear a lot of hats is type two. And then the third type is hybrids, people that integrate different identities together. So the reason a hybrid is different than a generalist or an expert is because they have multiple identities woven together. It goes back to that word integration. I'm probably gonna say it a few more times. Mm -hmm. And when you're just a generalist, in my mind, it means you do do a lot of things, but you don't do them simultaneously. So for instance, my core primary identities are being an artist, a researcher, an educator, and a designer. And I can be one of those identities at a time. But when I'm my hybrid identity, I call myself a creative disruptor. And it shows up when I'm, let's say, in a meeting and I'm working through this idea. And I actually have people do a role play during the meeting to understand something about what we're discussing. Well, that that facilitation moment I do is my educator and my designer and my researcher identities being present at the same time because role-playing in meetings is not traditional. That's a hybrid moment. So that's what it looks like when that's different than a generalist or an expert. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. And, you know, one thing I, I'm curious about is um, you write in your book about the, the pain that those who are hybrid professionals that don't ever have that actualized, the mm. pain that they feel in trying to make themselves fit. Now, this is something that I felt in my own career, having you know a, a wide variety of skill sets and being able to kind of jump in and out of different domains as needed. What would you say to you know people who have felt that sort of like professional pain of having a lot of different skills that don't maybe fit those two ends of the spectrum of expert or generalist, how did they make a way for themselves? Yeah, that is the first step. And I think that's what I hear from a lot of people that approach me is how do I even begin this work? And initially, I think it's what you said, you are frustrated and you are kind of focused on all the things going wrong and all the ways that you're not being seen and kind of all these Um, compartments and labels that have been put on you. And that has to be switched instead of feeling like you're the victim and you have all this negative talk of like, oh, I'm not good at, you know, people won't hire me for this or I'm so much more than that. We need to, Mm -hmm. first of all, unpack what are your primary professional identities? Those are the two, three or four at the most identities that you really use every day you love using the most. These are the ones you're the best at and they make you feel really good and that you wanna be known for. If you can isolate and even just start by finding those two, three or four primary identities in your work, that's the first step. So that when you introduce my introduce yourself to me, you tell me that upfront instead of just starting like a laundry list of like, I do a little this and this and this and this and this and this and I'm like, it's mm-hmm. totally confused. Because once you've mm-hmm. isolated those two, three or four, the I create Venn diagrams is the tool I use as a visual to look at the intersections. And I say, okay, now that you know your primary ones, 
your hybridity is based on your primary identities because that's you at the intersection of all of those two, three or four identities. And then we have mm -hmm. a whole conversation of how do you figure out the hybridity? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think it's a challenge, especially for people who have more of, uh, I guess a, a word would be a polymath type tendency mm -hmm. where they, it's not necessarily that there's like one main skill that they possess and then a bunch of other minor skills. It's like a bunch of major skills <laughs> and how to like tie those together, I think is really important. Do you think that, um, that part of the reason why um, the concept of a hybrid professional as an identity, part of the reason why it's only now coming more to light in addition to the, the work you've done to promote it is because um, people are able to tell that story of their work a little bit better now in today's world. Because I think if you were a hybrid professional um, before realizing it, you may have had like a string of, short job tenures on your resume because you were kind of jumping around and never really became known in a business. But is, is business becoming more readily a place for hybrid professionals? Yeah, there's a report I use a lot to cite and support the notion of hybrid jobs and the growth of hybrid roles in the workforce. And this came out in 2019 by Burning Glass and they mm -hmm. show clear evidence that hybrid jobs are growing almost twice as fast as regular jobs in the job market. And that's because they are new creations of roles that are combinations of people that have, let's say, data science knowledge with management skills or um, you know, creative skills and collaboration skills and engineering background. So more jobs are starting to find these um, diverse you know, talent sets that are needed that are really kind of from opposite parts of the spectrum. And so I think mm -hmm. that is definitely a trend in the workforce and other types of jobs that used to be cutting edge, like a so social media manager, well, that's just being baked into a number of other roles. So that's no longer sort of its own expertise. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as the workforce is shifting and other roles are getting automated or outsourced, hybrid roles are still in demand as being highly humanized. Um, it really has to come from human talent and not just automation. And I think sometimes these roles are even getting labeled as hybrid roles in job descriptions or in um, the title or somewhere in the management hiring process. So we're still at the early stage of this awareness that hybridity is out there and is part of the workforce, mm -hmm. but it is coming, it's growing more and more. That makes a lot of sense. And what would be some examples of hybrid roles that you're seeing you know, growth in? Uh, like just maybe some concrete ones for listeners who are trying to visualize what that role would be. You know, I'd say traditionally, they've definitely been more in the tech sector, engineering, even kind of environmental science. So if you do a Google search right now, you're going to find out about hybridity in technology and um, like medical innovation in the way like solar and different kinds of energies are being created. So those three fields I think have dominated mostly for hybrids. But mm -hmm. I'm finding more and more job descriptions now, like I saw one the other day for an innovation strategist. And the job mm -hmm. description started with, are you a hybrid thinker? And they outlined, we want someone that knows anthropology and um, you know design talent and something else in there. And it was like, wow, I've never seen a job description written like that. 
And then another one the other day was a hybrid sales associate. They wanted someone who had been on the front lines, but also knew the internal sort of process of how this product was created. And that was really different. So it's starting to inch into all different kinds of fields. And when I talk to people um, who reach out to me to learn more about the hybridity stuff, they come from physical therapy, from financial advising, from the freelance community. I mean, mm -hmm. I would say every sector has seen hybridity in some way, shape or form. Some are just more vocal about it than others. That's great to hear. Uh, one thing that it has me wondering is, do, do you think that hybrid professionals can still achieve career linearity in the sense mm. of, you know, the, the typical kind of uh, career mm. growth where, you know, if you start out as an associate and then become a, a manager, director, executive, if you want to do that, is there space for hybridity in those roles? Yeah, I mean, on one hand, we have old businesses and business models and giant companies that are based on hierarchical structures. And yeah, that, that means, might not, I yeah. might disagree with the thrust of the question altogether then, and that's okay too, if it's not no, even the right question. Yeah. I, I think I just wanted to frame it. I think your question was spot on of like, what is a linear career anymore? And I think that is mm -hmm. going away, to be honest. I think mm -hmm. the non-linear career path and the people call it like the second act career or the encore career that you can have, they say 12 jobs in a lifetime over four or five different industries is becoming the norm. So we are seeing more career transitioning and people are living longer lives too, right? You don't retire at 60 anymore. You might start your third career at that age. And so mm -hmm. all of these old stereotypes of what a career used to look like are being broken and just kind of abolished. And I think mm -hmm. that makes it harder for people to understand how to navigate and then how to get hired. And so that really is where you need to put together a picture of how does your multifaceted background, especially if you're a polymath or you've changed jobs a lot, how do you weave that together and look at the intersections to describe to someone who you are when all those identities are merged? Because that's mm -hmm. the core of who you are. That's the value of this work. Your value prop as a professional is created in the intersections. And what makes you unique and different and special in your ability to do a job is how you describe the relationships between your identities. And people have never been asked to think about this and talk about mm -hmm. this and articulate it. So it's really hard. This is deep, deep, deep self-reflection. And it literally unlocks a piece of yourself that you didn't know was the way to express yourself until you do this work on what your hybridity is. So that was a long-winded response of, you know, how the career and workforce is changing, what's happening with the future of work, and why hybridity is a game changer, because it helps you define who you are and how you want to be seen, as opposed to waiting for an employer to tell you, oh, you're our new director of sales. That's just a label. You have to know who you are, regardless of the titles people are giving you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful message to hear. And I think that it, it applies across so many different instances. And it's got me thinking about, um, it has me thinking about the concept of career linearity, but also retirement in general is kind mm. of predicated on the notion that you would work in 
a field that was so dissatisfying for long enough that you would need the rest of your life to take a break from work. But um, if, you know, if we're talking about like changes in um, not even how careers are in terms of their trajectory, but also like how long people want to work, it's possible people may want to work longer if they find their work more satisfying because they've made that space rather than working in like these sort of isolating or really like rigid roles, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm off base there, but. No, I think you're right. I think engagement is tied to you doing what you love to do and you doing mm -hmm. what you are an expert at or what you're you know, most passionate about. And so that's why I think about work as a three-legged stool. And typically mm -hmm. we only talk about two of the legs in the workforce. We focus on people say, well, what do you love to do? And that's your passion, right? They're like, follow what you love. And then second, mm -hmm. They say, well, why do you do what you do? And that's your purpose. But what people don't talk enough about is, well, what do you call yourself when you follow your passion and purpose? That's your identity. So there is identity work that needs to happen in figuring out your career and continuing, you know, why are you staying in this job or retiring or whatever? You get to invent your own identity. And I think that makes people more engaged and more productive and find roles that are a better fit for them. So in my own experience, when I used to just feel like, you know, I was this expert generalist and I didn't know where I fit and belong and I only got hired to be a teacher or a researcher or a designer and I'd be unhappy because my other identities weren't being satisfied, right? And I'd move on from that role. But eventually with this professional identity research, I realized that I actually need to be explicit and present myself as a hybrid from the get-go, from resumes and cover letters and interviews, because I want this potential employer to see me as my multiple you know, identities and see the value of that. Because what that did, when, once I started doing this and getting more confident in that, one, it helped me find roles that actually embraced my hybridity. I found hybrid roles. And then I was finally in jobs that wanted me to be all of the identities I said I was presenting. But then two, it also really became my selling point that employers are like, well, we're going to hire Sarah Beth, not just because she does you know, the minimum of the job description. She's bringing these other things to the table that no other candidate has. And I articulated it in such a way that they were like, oh my gosh, this is the person we need. So it became my kind of selling point for getting the job and the jobs I got started being hybrid jobs. And then I started becoming more excited about my work and it just changed my whole career path. Mm -hmm. And one thing I'm curious about is um, for yourself or others who have been able to articulate and bring to fruition their hybridity, um, what is that experience like in an organization that, um, you know, from to some degree has recognized the value that you bring, but it might not be recognized all the way up and all the way down the organization, if that makes sense. Like, is it... Is it a challenge for hybrid professionals to explain their value within the organization over time as well, beyond just getting their foot in the door, if that makes sense? Certainly. And it depends on the size of the organization and the culture and the leadership. So those kind mm -hmm. of factors aside, I think first, each person, each individual has to be their own advocate. So if you don't help people understand who you are and what you do, Part of that's your own fault. You need to communicate it better. So mm -hmm. um, if I feel like people didn't see my hybridity or weren't understanding that was important to me, well, I needed to explain that more and talk about that more 
and let people understand this is how I operate and function so that they can appreciate me. And that would be for my manager and my leaders and any teammates or colleagues. Now, I didn't hit them over the head with it. I wasn't like boasting and walking around the office with this, Mm -hmm. but it would come up maybe during coffee or it would come up when we were collaborating. And I'd say, you know, I really enjoyed being creative in this project, but I also love using my researcher side. And um, let me step in as facilitator because I really understand the design journey here. And that would start to help people be like, oh, Sarah Beth's trying to use these different slides. And, you know, I saw it was working and people were like getting it. When one time a manager stopped me in the hall and she said, you know, I just want to check in. Are you feeling like you're able to be your different identities enough? Like, how are you feeling in this role? And Mm -hmm. that meant so much to me because she even thought to ask that question. So I think that was the first time it reinforced why you need to talk about how you see yourself and how you want to be seen to the people that matter in a company so that they can recognize and support you in it. And that's empowering at the end of the day. I think that people who maybe go for a long stretch of time without feeling the, you know, several parts of themselves being recognized can start to get either disenfranchised or unwittingly like embodying a more of a martyr mindset of this is just something happening to me rather than, you know, taking charge again and really like owning who they are, what they want to be, how they want to interact with their work. I imagine that that's also really empowering as well. I totally agree. That word empowerment is a big one in this work because when people seek me out, they're usually feeling low self-esteem, lack of confidence, really undervalued um, and just not seen. And they're Mm -hmm. like, I don't know how to break out of this. I don't know how to be all the things that I know I am and get paid for it. And so that's where we start this work. We start with identity work and we say, well, mm-hmm. how, who, who are you? And even just asking them that question, how do you express what you do? They actually struggle with that answer. So we do a whole process of self-reflection to dig in. And I ask them a lot of questions to understand who they really are before we can get to how do they want to be seen. It's kind of like rebuilding themselves to get back to the empowerment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, um, you, you obviously came out with your book recently, More Than My Title. Um, for the listeners, if you haven't read this book yet, it's a wonderful read. I would recommend you pick it up. Um, can you tell us a little bit about um, the work you're doing for promoting hybridity and, and like, what are you up to these days? Are you traveling? Are you, are you working in any one location? I really wish I was traveling, but we're in COVID and man, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of people miss that. Um, <laughs> I've, I've taken advantage of the virtual world and I've been invited to be a speaker, like a guest expert or a panelist or giving little mini webinars to all different kinds of groups. Um, a lot of them have been professional associations, um, membership groups, chambers of commerce, little conferences on work and career. I just gave a really big talk. Um, If you know the Upwork community, they're freelancers. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I was a presenter to them this last week. So I think I'm just getting a lot of inquiries and also learning where my audience is and who wants to learn more and honestly just accepting offers and speaking as it comes in. But my Mm -hmm. dream right now is to help individuals really um, start to follow my journey of, I have a five-step process on how to figure out your hybrid title. 
which mm-hmm. um, you know is looking at your hybrid professional identity. My hybrid title is being a creative disruptor. That's how I introduce myself. But then I explain my primary identities that support that, the artist, re- researcher, educator, designer. And then I explain how they fit together and why they relate and that value add. So that three-part introduction, I can usually do in about 10 seconds. That's my hybrid elevator pitch. So I train people to create Mm -hmm. that because it applies to how they write emails or do their LinkedIn or present themselves in an interview. It's really just the best snapshot to present you and your best value as a professional. So I Mm -hmm. think helping get the word out and build this awareness around hybrids is my step one. And the step two is the training and the journey to help people find it for themselves. And steps Mm -hmm. three and beyond are starting to work with companies and do more speaking as well as working with career development specialists so that they can use this hybridity tool as one of their um, offerings and what they do for career services. So I really do have a big vision of how I wanna grow this. That's amazing. And, you know, I, um, I'm curious, you, you mentioned that you spoke with Upwork and then in the future, you're going to start speaking more with businesses as well. Um, what is the typical response that you get from more individual like workers? Do, do you feel that it's more of an education thing or more of like a light bulb moment for them where they're like, ah, this is the thing that's I've been trying to articulate. And is it the same for businesses as well? Yeah, from the individual level, when I ask that key question, who are you in the intersections of your multiple identities and work? People love that question. They go, whoa, that's such a mind blowing question. And their eyes get big, they're like, wow. And then immediately they go, I don't even know how to answer that question because I've never thought (laughs) about it before. So it's Mm -hmm. sort of that, you know, predicament of this is a big, idea. So that's my first reaction I get from people. And then once I kind of back them off the ledge and give them some little stepping stones to answer that question, they go, oh my gosh, I've never thought about myself in these ways. They have a light bulb on new words and new themes and new ways to talk about themselves. And they're like, I never considered that this is a better way to frame what I do than just saying, I'm a coach, I'm a speaker, I do marketing, and I'm also a physicist. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, how does that fit together? Um, so th- from the individual level, it's a lot of transformation and self-revelation that I think totally changes their confidence and their approach to getting work. Um, and mm-hmm. I've seen it as a leverage point now for people getting new jobs. I've got a few success stories on that. From mm-hmm. a business point of view, I'm just getting my toes in that water. Mm-hmm. I think um, hiring managers and HR professionals and people that work on culture building in companies, this really resonates with them the most um, because they've never thought about how hybridity affects their teams or how different employees can talk about professional identity so that people see them as more than their job titles. And that's a big deal. So running workshops for them, I'm just starting to do some brown bags and kind of get into that world and see what the reactions mm-hmm. are. That's great. I can't wait to hear more about this work as it develops. And I think it's really important. And I think it's very, obviously very timely for the the age that we live in, like you said a little bit earlier, um, the typical arc of career linearity and that sort of thing, even in, even if you have it for the temporary in, in the long run, it's not so like reliable as it used to be. And so I think the more that we can all embrace the hybridity that we have, the better off that we'll be. 
Well, yeah, we're living in a world that's not about binaries anymore. And that goes for religion and race and all kinds mm -hmm. of um, job needs, as well as, you know, or sexual orientation. Like people are being non-binary, they're being plural and multiple um, and, and having multiple ethnicities. I mean, it's just a really complicated world we live in. So why would anyone just have one career identity or job title? It's time mm -hmm. to really open up work life into a spectrum. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Um, Sarah Beth, thank you so much for taking some time today. Very valuable, very valuable time to meet with us and um, explain this concept. And uh, again, would encourage anybody who hasn't read the book to read it. It's a uh, very eye-opening and encouraging read. Thank you so much for all the work that you do. Thanks, Alex. And people can find me at morethanmytitle.com. There's a bunch of resources, some free handouts, mm -hmm. and just more information. Absolutely. And I would encourage everyone to visit. As we close out, one thing I want to hone in on in particular is that hybridity means advocating more for the value that you can bring to organizations and in your own life. And the reason I say this is because today's workforce constantly feels pressure to do more in the interest of the company. And it's important to note that hybridity does not mean subsuming your skills and talents to become more amenable to corporate wishes, but rather advocating for the various skill sets you possess that have yet to be actualized. I just think that is also an important and nuanced point worth making. Be sure to visit midwesternish.com for more. And as always, stay tuned for more content coming soon.